you know, I always value your opinion on, on yeah, that kind of thing. With you, like, uh, anything that you could think of, like for me, fucking, uh, putting on a little bit. Cause I would like to be like two steroids. <laughs> <laughs> GFV episode 85. I'm Luke. I'm Joe. And yeah, man, we just almost uh, almost got off track talking about shit that we probably want to talk about on the episode before the episode. This has been consistent with us ever since we started this, but especially since we weren't living in the same spot and we're trying to get this, get it clean over uh, over Skype and all that. Mm. And it's legit. Like we were just laughing about it. You get a backlog of shit I want to talk to you about. Like usually <laughs> the top of it, some workout stuff. Def, so don't let me go through this episode without bringing up the the workout stuff because I need okay. your opinion on what I'm doing now. And I just want to bring up some new shit that I've found recently that I've really been enjoying. Oh, Weird yeah. little exercises and shit. But yeah, man. Uh, fuck it. Let's just to bring it back to to our roots real quick so i pulled out there's a, a batch of bud from the shop that i work out with blue dream which blue dream was one of the only real strains that um that we got back in the day like and i think every Ooh. area it's kind of like how every area like the high school kids had their cheap liquor that they would drink out of like the plastic yeah. handle anywhere where there were real smokers like you had a few strains that might show up that were actually real. Like I hear, I run into people from uh, from the West Coast who had their particular strains. We had the ones like when I we were in high school, man. It was it was Blue Dream and Strawberry Cough were some of the only strains you could get consistently. Yeah, yeah. And I do have diesel, to say, Diesel too. I was able oh, to get Diesel for a long time. Sour D is that East? Yeah, very yeah, legit call, man. Of course, the the Sour D that's a classic on on that part. Probably the whole East Coast, man. Till yeah. you get all the way down south. And honestly, outside of you, because you always had the fire on deck long before it was it was on some legal shit. Like a uh, funny little story, man. I seriously doubt you remember this. It was it was long before we were friends, but we've we've been been on this before. But basically, we we went to high school together. You were a year above me, but we didn't really kick it in high school. We were around each other, small town, small school, and shit. Played football together, but we didn't get to be good friends. So we started training after, but. We we're up at a party on um it was Darby Hill, man, so you know what it was. I'm not gonna say whose house it was at, but uh, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I know exactly. And this is uh outside of the workout, this is when I, I knew you were legit, man. So we, we were outside, it was by the pool. We were like off that that deck, like right out on the lawn there, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and uh yeah. of course yeah. you're getting getting drunk just like high schoolers do. And I was like, damn, wish I had some weed. And you cracked open and I think it was an Altoids tin with a whole lineup of joints and you're like all right this is the regular shit this is the ak-47 <laughs> specifically and you had a few other strains i think i was like damn he, he actually knows what strains he has for all of us. like we're just trying to get a bag from wherever so, <laughs> yeah 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 no i actually big... i do remember that man that was like yeah. one of my that was my highlights <laughs> like back then and actually i did have altoids cans but i mostly traveled with this uh, little handmade box by a guy that made them out there uh, for me, just like a hometown guy that, you know, rink-a-dink things he messes with. Made me a little box, and I fit him in there perfect so I can keep them all separated. That's, so that's exactly, why I was like, 
Yeah, that, and you were the first one I ever ran into that had all the joints pre-rolled before. And again, this was in high school. I believe I was a sophomore and you were a junior in high school. You had all the joints and you were like, I was like, damn, yeah. you already got them rolled up? And you're like, well, yeah, I got to have it ready for the party. I'm not because, <laughs> you know, it is back then. Oh, shit, someone else and we, we got to go to the corner, roll it up, find a bong yeah. somewhere, <laughs> wherever. Right? You had them all rolled up. You were ahead of the game, man, because now as much as uh, definitely not partying like I was in fucking high school, when I do go yeah. out, minimum two usually three or four joints that i rolled up and then i just have so many different pre-rolls from companies and shit given that i work in the the industry out here like i wouldn't even consider like it would be like leaving my phone or my wallet and my idea yeah oh <laughs> like, hell yeah you know, hell yeah and that's why i always one. rolled more than there was because it's all about convenience man it's all about convenience <laughs> and you know i did learn from one of the from one of the best there i mean you know i grew up with my dad there a lot so he he did it well yeah, did and it. uh <laughs> he's yeah come real real og status <laughs> roll up <laughs> one hand well while driving i was not doing anything illegal not driving a fucking vehicle on the road but well like operating something on his personal fucking private land not well that at all <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah talent man so i've ran into one guy out here he's actually from the east coast too but a guy that i work with who can roll up with one hand too but that is really? rare man that's a special talent so it is, it is. Definitely. <laughs> coming from a, a line at, at the finest you know that way you can like cook on the grill and you know you can do all that stuff while you're rolling one up exactly <laughs> yeah if, you're, if, if you you don't have them already rolled you just gotta roll on the fly <laughs> I'm at this one, like, I can roll up pretty quick, damn near anywhere, man, up on a mountain, whatever, but I'd rather have them, have them ready to go, man, yeah. be prepared, oh, yeah. and it is, uh, it's actually kind of hilarious, just, and it could just be my shop, I'm sure it's different place to place, but the people, I'm a little outside of Boulder, and the people who come through are surprisingly proactive, like, stoners plan ahead, they'd be coming through before the weekend, like, Saturday night, is usually pretty dead for us. You think that would be a busy night? No, people yeah. stock up before the weekend, then Sunday night pack because people are loading up for the week. Like, they they get their stash and they're ready to go, man. So, it's, well, uh, it's just kind of fun. That makes sense to me. Yeah, it makes sense to me, man. Yeah, for real. Like, it's... it's really, like, yeah, because yeah, it, you're not just like, looking for it on Saturday night. It's like, just like going to the grocery store out here, man. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> Nice, nice and easy, but yeah, it uh, really is nice, and I love it. It seems like uh, I was hoping they would come back a little stronger, but some of the old strains are kind of getting popular again. And exactly like the Blue Dream I mentioned, we were growing Sour Diesel, which has been super popular, and I think it's a win for any shop to have. Like, yeah, you want to have that crazy fucking gelato cake mixed with whatever, crossed with some some other cookie strain or something. That that's for people who who are really about it. They just always want something new. That's cool. But it's like any business. The stuff people know, whether they're from here, they usually like you see a nice batch of sour diesel, like you're hyped on it. Or if uh, especially you got a lot of tourists coming through this area, particularly where I'm at in Boulder, and we're actually so I'm not, I'm out of North Boulder. So a lot of people come and they're staying in Boulder or they're staying a little up north. There's like a tourist town up there, Estes Park, and we're in between that. So going back and forth, the tourist comes through, sees a fire batch of sour diesel. It's just, it's perfect. It's like they, they don't even have to look at the other shit. They just yeah. want that and go. So I think it's a smart move for growers and shit instead of like I said, cause for a minute after the industry went legal, because it's a little over 10 years deep in states like Colorado and a lot of the West Coast. 
it was just like cross everything on everything and try to make this shit like you have like six different strains all in this one and then it gets yeah. crossed again it's like damn now it, it's just all so convoluted like everything is a hybrid at this point that's just the truth there's very few pure strains out there it's like all the shit you go to a shop and definitely if you're still getting your shit from a dealer somewhere if they say it's an indica it's an indica dominant hybrid there's it's just so rare to find a land race strain so unless you're getting like a pure afghani on the indica side or like a durban poison that's actually real durban another one that we've been growing that does does well for us for sure unless you get a strain like that and there there's like out of our whole lineup two or three on the shelf that are actually pure indica or sativa everything it's just like any plant um, i mean it makes sense man it makes sense just like anything and everything that we have like anything in the grocery store too yeah Yeah, like uh, a banana isn't how bananas grew yeah you so i'm sure we mentioned it uh, on this before man but like bananas they don't have any seeds in them anymore you open those tiny little specks they're they're not seeds you can't grow anything from that you can't plant a banana seed anymore you it's only clones so eventually, and this will suck because uh, that's a good, like cheap, easy, healthy food that a lot of people enjoy. There's gonna, they'll have an issue like if the, wherever they grow most of the the fruit like that, whether it's like I bet it's like Dominican Republic, South America, islands and shit. Something if they like get that. some nasty bug or some shit that wipes out like a majority of the crops, can be really hard to regrow because it's only clones. And that means you're only taking off a plant that is susceptible to the same shit. You can't like yeah. grow off seeds that you started with. So it's just it's weird what we've done with. I plants. mean, I mean that's fucking weird. What about the shit like you see once in a while at the stores? Like, say it says on it, it's some fucking jalapeno, fucking co- coconut, fucking pineapple fruit, or whatever the fuck they're doing, yeah. mixing shit up. So like, this is a perfect example. I forget what the fuck it's called. It was like a, it was something in the cross between a pear and a plum. And it was just a harder, like it was a it was a harder tasting plum, juicy as fuck, but it was awkwardly shaped. It was like a fucked up bell shape. Yeah, there's and a it, lot of weird hybrid. Fruits. And I'm like, what in the hell is it? And it and it actually said on it, fucking man made, like man designed or whatever. It didn't, yeah, because the label really fucking weird. I thought there was some shit, and I'll have to double check on this because I didn't. I thought it was last year, even maybe even 2018. Like everything with GMOs is gonna have to be labeled. There's definitely like a lot of the stuff I buy, and I'm sure you too, just because it's it's like the the healthier stuff. Like a lot of like say Bob's Red Mill, that yeah. brand, it'll say like non-GMO on it. A lot of companies advertise that it's not GMO, but I don't think you have to label if it is GMO yet. Yeah. And I think even I think on that, you naturally just buy shit that isn't. Have for sure but also a lot of it like we we might buy a normal apple that we've seen our whole life that's been genetically modified in that's some true. way and where it, like it'd be easy for something like like a fruit or something that's not in the package to totally pass by even someone like a more health conscious cons- consumer like us but honestly man what's your opinion on gmos because the the science is a lot real up in the air like it there's no clear-cut evidence that's bad for you but i, I don't know like how, how do you feel about it i mean i mean this is the so I just feel being more natural, being more connected to the, the original, having the natural, like, I know it might have the same nutrients, but it's not going to have the same power of nutrients. It's not going to, like, I just, I just feel like it's no way ever can be the exact same. Like, I feel you can't like it's... take a wild blackberry and compare that to a, a modified blackberry 
put them side by side, you are going to experience something different from the fucking one in the wild. Yo, perfect 100%. example, because out of all fruit, the ones that are closest to their natural state, and this is obvious to anyone who's ever been in the woods anywhere, because you've come across some kind of little berry, is berries. So like blueberries, blackberries, raspberries, strawberries have been been farmed a little more, but those are berries are by far the closest to their original state out of all the yeah. normal fruits. Like all the shit we think of, like apples were crab apples and really nasty little gross ones in their their natural form. So I don't know, unless you're making hard cider or some shit, they're like barely edible. Yeah. Now, so, it, and that's different than, than GMO, just to clarify, that's selective breeding. You can take a plant that's like a crab apple tree and eventually through breeding and, and generations of, of growing it, you can turn that into like a nice, juicy, sweet tasting apple. But the, it, it is getting weird because so many things are crossed. And I agree with you 100%. I think it's it's very similar. Like say you eat some elk versus like some ground beef from a, a fat, lazy cow it just feels different, man. Like you feel stronger from I it. I mean, it is what it is. You just said it. Yeah, there, and there could be. Take an animal be. that runs up a mountain, fucking full sprint, fucking daily. That survives on its own. That actually has to fucking weather the weather. Like, say, yes, the cattle might have to weather the weather, but they're getting fed. They're getting water. They could be lazy as fuck. They do nothing. Well, also, ca- cows are not a natural animal have you ever seen a cow in the wild the closest you'll get which isn't natural at all is in india that it's like religious a lot of the hindus have something about cows being sacred so they'll let cows just wander around but the cow as an animal was never a free range it wasn't like a buffalo like there's a lot of buffalo that are on large scale ranches now cows are never like that it was a different animal that's extinct it was the yeah. ancestor of the cow so we turned that into a domesticated animal and then that's so it's it's a similar to say like taking that apple and farming it down to get the apple we have now. 100%. So yeah, I, I mean think, same uh, with chickens and shit. I mean that goes for all of our crap that we can. Yeah, I think it's kind of common sense, man. But it's also a lot of it's just intuitive. Like that's just just seems. And again, natural is a very uh, weird term to tag on because like what the fuck does that even mean? Everything's technically natural, but for the way we're using it. It, it just feels better and original. That's why I was trying to use original. So like yeah. the 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 source within that you are making it from. So if you have to go back to this source, the original source, to make say this fucking cloned whatever or whatever the fuck GMO you're pulling off of it, whatever it is, then that is the original. That's gonna be better. It has to be mm-hmm. because you can't pull off the other one to do anything with it because there's not enough there to be valuable enough. So like that's that's why to me it makes such easy sense and it's hard for me to understand other people can't see that is because if you can't continue going cloning with the clone then what the fuck is the value of the clone? Yeah, and that, yeah, that's kind of what I was I was hinting at with the the banana shit too, obviously. And that's what I'm saying like it doesn't to me and I think this I see a lot of people get wrapped up on this especially in the online fitness community and all that which is gigantic at this point. I mean, there's millions of people who are really invested in their fitness and now you can all connect and there's a lot of great stuff that comes off that, but there's a lot of people <laughs> on the nutritional side but even on the the workout side and the programming and all that is like if there's not some specific study that backs it up, they think it's not valid, that's retarded completely. Like, And any high-level strength coach will say this. Be like, it's cool. It's great if the stuff gets validated by studies after or if a, a study points you in the right direction. But as far as nutrition goes, you can't rely on lab shit 
especially even if it's done on humans the conditions are never going to be the same and the other thing that's uh just completely overlooked all the time is we have a wild genetic variance like there's so many different types of people around yes we're all human beings but hella different genetics and one of the this is a very a very basic one but it's the only one i think there's it's almost worth putting any faith in is that it seems like there's certain populations like if your ancestors were and it's another weird one because like a lot of people's ancestors are from all over the world now but if you are from a, a one specific area like the majority of your genetics near the equator you probably do better on higher carbs whereas you're farther away from that all the way up till you get to eskimos you you probably do better on higher fats especially animal fats so other than that i don't know i'm still i'm really optimistic that we'll get shit like uh like that 23andme stuff uh, ancestry.com all that like yeah. they'll they'll get better at that and be able to test for stuff and then say like you'd really be better eating these foods you can yeah, eat a I higher saturated in that fat 100%, diet cuz it makes complete sense to me after yeah. especially going through the course that I did you know with IIN it mm-hmm. uh it just we're your now we've been here long enough and we've been involved long enough and we've been evolving in one area or specific areas long enough where our bodies are going to find what works best so now we're evolving in in that for that part of the planet so like say like the eskimos that is what they get most of is the fat hands down they get more blubber their body is it needs to actually burn at higher rate to keep yeah. warm anyways they're all the genetically time. evolved for that keto yeah. kind of diet which is, a, whereas... which, is a, which is fucking awesome and then the same thing with the ones say down like you were saying closer to the equator or even the ones that are living in between you know it's going to be slightly different they could probably mm-hmm. use both sides of it so my thing is is it, so this is the still this is the thing that still shocks me too with this as well is it's hard for me to understand why this isn't looked at more with the same thing with being seasonal eating, you know like seasonal eating yep. makes complete fucking sense too. You're not gonna want to eat a whole big thing of like rooted vegetables, beets and potatoes and shit when it's ninety fucking five degrees outside. You're gonna be hot as fucking uncomfortable trying to digest that shit. You're gonna want to eat something that's a little lighter, mm-hmm. you know, within the season. And, yeah. you know, like I've I, just I, been thinking about this in the last few weeks because yeah. I didn't do it entirely on purpose, but I've been eating less greens, not none for, for sure. Still grabbing salads here and then, but less greens and less fruit over the last couple of months. And I just didn't feel like I needed. I, I'm not eating way less carbs. I am. I'm training a lot and a lot of real intense training. So I'm definitely not cutting the carbs super low but i've just been away from the greens and fruits in particular i'm like why am i feeling to do this it's because it's winter that shit doesn't grow in the winter and my body just doesn't really want it right now yeah so that yeah that's absolutely valid and like i said i I, i'm optimistic and i think it'll be hella cool especially for people like us but even for real casual people who might just be just to take proactive measures for their health to know it's better to stay away from these types of foods most of the time or not if we can get some some genetic direction from that through through lab testing but right now we're not there at all and even if it's possible it's uh cost prohibitive too fucking expensive for most of us right now so right at this point it's just like i said it doesn't have to be backed up it's common sense to me to eat less processed foods my thing is just try it though yeah you you feel it i mean the biggest thing is with all these fucking tests and everybody wanting proof all the fucking time what's the best way to get proof Fucking find out yourself. 
Exactly. So experiment with yourself. Like, mm-hmm. say, take one route. Take one t- one route. Don't worry about the fucking seasonal eating. Eat for where you live. Mm-hmm. Or say, fuck eating where you live. Go for the seasonal eating. Say, fuck both of those. Wipe something clean out of your diet. Like, say, keep everything the same. You could even drink soda, whatever the fuck you got. But Just cut no, the area. No dairy. No um, dairy. Yeah. Period. No butter, no nothing, no fucking cheese, pizza, all that shit. Should be cut out. at least a month or a couple, but we'll say three weeks. And if yeah. you if you can't if you're even remotely in touch with how you feel, you should be able to notice if it has an effect or it doesn't. And 100%. the real uh, the kicker, the way at least for me, it's always easier to notice is when you reintroduce it. So you take it away for a few weeks, put it back in, and you're like, oh, like my stomach's all fucking bloated and shit. Well, obviously that was. Constantly remind yourself that my stomach's bloated because I started adding dairy back in. Don't be putting other blaming shit on it because that's what happens with people. I've been noticing this because I, d- you know, I deal with a lot of people with situations such as this. They constantly Yo, real quick, just say what you do for, for anyone who hasn't heard before. So your trainer. I, I, yeah, yeah, I'm a trainer. I'm a trainer at nine round thirty minute kickboxing, and uh, you know I help them out with the best abilities that I can within the nine round. But I'm also a holistic health coach, mm-hmm. so I do help other people outside as well. And the one thing that I noticed that everybody that I work with or I've talked to about anything is they convince themselves that it, it, it's, not, it's not what it is. So like say I suggest to somebody because they're having digestive issues or something, something as simple as taking dairy out. And I know it is, I say it's simple, but it's not simple for yeah. some people. I understand everybody. Yeah, but yeah, I'm saying yeah. – when it comes down to the scheme of things, taking that out and that feeling a million times better is simple. So taking fucking dairy out and then what they do is they reintroduce it and they're blaming all these symptoms on I didn't get enough sleep or, or oh, well, because I had a lot of sugar. No, you reintroduce dairy. Like stop fucking trying to reconvert other shit so you can have your cheese and stuff. If it really fucks you up, then you should – do something about it. Yes, you might be able to figure another way out how to have cheese, another different style of cheese. Maybe a certain type of cheese is good for you or more natural or whatever. Maybe just raw cheese or what yeah, grass fed or yeah. Get, yeah. yeah. You know, exactly. so my like thing is just doing small things like that, taking something out like dairy or all the gluten. No gluten. Like when I took gluten out of my system completely. I felt so much better working out. My joints and shit were a million times. Yo. This and like I can't wait till this shit happens for you because your your whole family's Italian as fuck. When you actually make it over to Italy, because I've just heard this a few times on on different fitness podcasts and shit. I they use a uh, an heirloom type of wheat in Europe. It's just more common. The type we use a high gluten variety, so it's even yeah. worse. It's in more just like we were talking before, just selectively bred, so it's better for baking, more shelf stable, all that bullshit. They use a different type in Europe. So a lot of people who travel there, where well, I'm gonna go fuck the diet. Like say someone. Your, your average crossfitter is on the paleo diet, no grains. They yeah. go over there. I'm in Italy. I'm going to eat pasta, drink wine, do all the shit they've cut out. And they don't have all the issues they think they did. And they're like, oh, maybe I, I like I overplayed this gluten thing. It wasn't all that. And then they come back here 
eat some gluten, exact same issues. It's because it's a different type of wheat over there. So mm. I know like when you go to Italy, you damn sure better eat some pasta. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. No, yeah, and I'd sure. be curious to see just because I know you'll be does, able to yeah. recognize if it makes you feel the same way the shit over here does. You know, I still test it once in a while. You know, we talked about this too, too, just to just so that I don't get that massive shock. Like once in a while, I'll add a little dairy in my system. I'll try because I don't have it at all. So I'll sprinkle it in there, and it reminds me how fucking nasty and uncomfortable it is. But I also, it's not super impacting. I don't want to be totally clean so fucking long, and all of a sudden they accidentally eat some something somewhere, and then I'm fucking ruined Ex- for the time. Yeah, and that's a very you know, legit. That's the same thing yeah, with same, same thing. thing with gluten, and uh, like I even do it with uh, beef too, because I eat beef a little bit here and there. I don't eat it very much at all. I used to fucking eat it all the time. I eat it now like maybe maybe uh, two or three times every fucking four months. Like seriously, it's really fucking thin. But I'll eat some uh, – I'll even dabble into a little bison and a little bit of elk. I have some awesome members that bring me some meat. Hell so yeah. I have some fucking uh, uh, elk and uh, bison fresh right out of the fucking woods in my fridge right now. Which is badass, mm-hmm. and uh, which I'll have to bring some steaks up or something. We'll have to grill them out because I got some. Hell yeah, steaks. man! But um, Leo, Leo. go ahead. I, I was I gotta bring it up because I just uh, I just cooked a, a cut of meat that I've never cooked personally before. I definitely had it, but they had it was just on sale at Sprouts. I got a, a grass fed lamb lamb leg and a boneless roast, and it roasted that shit up probably. Not even as long as I should. I would have loved to slow cook it over like four hours. It was probably in there for like 90 minutes, maybe uh, maybe a little longer. Fire, man. And that's uh, a lot of the good meat that's going to be available anywhere. And I mean anywhere in America is coming from New Zealand because they do. It seems like they do almost all grass fed there. I've never seen some shit from yeah. New Zealand that's not. So as weird well, as it is. It really well there. You know, yeah, and, and they got a lot of prairie land and all that. And as you said, for sure better to get uh, local in any sense, vegetables, meat, whatever, for sure, dairy. But uh, I'm I'm about – I'm so excited for this, man. I'm splitting uh, a, a half a cow with, with my roommate, so I'll have some, some fresh local beef on deck. But I, I was impressed with this lamb, man. And lamb is a, a super, super healthy – animal protein if you get a grass fed of course she's cooked up fireman at a real simple just a little olive oil salt and pepper and it roasted perfect man that was one of the, the better cuts of meat i've personally made in a, uh, in a while and i do i do a lot of red meat i do a lot of dairy too almost exclusively i mean unless i'm eating out somewhere it's all grass fed i wouldn't even consider getting either of those things in uh the normal grain fed because same same thing you were uh, talking about with with the gluten. I feel I feel in my joints, my recovery, my digestion, all of it. It feels so much worse. And as much as the, you you made a really good point, because especially with dairy and gluten, the two common ones that a lot of people who aren't even very health conscious might cut out because they heard or read about it or their doctor told them fucking whatever. They if you you can totally cut it out and then actually give yourself a gluten intolerance when you're not intolerant to it. It's just not a healthy food in general. So you shouldn't eat it all the time. You don't eat it for like eight, nine months. You don't want to go to the fucking restaurant and not be able to have a slice of bread without your your gut gut blowing up. So it's as if you aren't intolerant, it is smart to occasionally include those. Also, enjoy your goddamn self, man. Like 
not to eat somewhere, maybe there's a brownie sundae that looks really good. <laughs> I'm willing to eat that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'll probably See, I'll eat give it. I'll give into the to the dairy here and there, but uh, dairy is actually the worst one for me. Like I probably gluten is is simpler for me because it's in different forms and it doesn't fuck me up as much. That dairy actually does mess with me pretty good. It usually fucks with me for like a couple days. Just eating at one time. So, like, I dabble into it now that a little bit more that I even do gluten just because I'm trying to figure out where I'm at. But I actually use butter on the regular. But my butter is grass-fed, organic, and all exactly. it is and is butter. There's no other ingredients in it. Like, I don't know how to explain that to you guys. When you look at something that has more ingredients that you don't understand, don't fucking eat it. Okay, like well, I exactly. look at all my ingredients in my fridge right now. I could tell you every single thing that's in anything I'm eating. The uh, the thing with with the dairy and the reason why butter and particularly the grass fed stuff is a lot easier on most people because what's usually irritating people with dairy is first the lactose for sure. Yeah. There are a lot of people that are lactose. That's a sugar that you find in dairy. Then there are some proteins as well in dairy that can fuck with people. Butter is almost just the fat, so you do still get a little bit of that lactose. If you don't deal deal with that at all, but you still wanted the healthy fats from that, getting ghee, which is just clarified butter. So all it is is just taking butter, skimming all the the extra milk proteins from it, so you just have the pure dairy fat. Another cool thing about that is it's shelf-stable, so you don't have to keep that shit in the fridge. That's a perfect option. That's, I mean, damn, maybe we're just spoiled around here. I mean, you can get that at any grocery store too. It's a little yeah. more expensive, but it it's a stuff like as workaround. Like, it say, I mean, shit, it would be annoying as fuck to completely cut butter out your diet. You know what I mean? Yeah. For most people, at least, that's a, yeah, I was a very. Say, well, I did it. Food. I did it for like a, a good while. Yeah, but also like you're almost two years. You're way more extreme than most people. Yeah, yeah, I am. And, and then for most and then people, that would be something was... hard to avoid. What happened was I started tasting stuff with the all-natural organic, like, fucking butter here. And I was like, oh, fuck, you know, I do miss butter. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> and then Kerrygold, that's a brand then, to look out for, that yes, butter. Yes. Grass-fed, they have it at Trader Joe's. I legit bought some right after I left the gym before I came home. Dude, and, I and buy a bunch of that shit. I love that. It's good stuff. It's yeah, fucking absolutely. Stuff. It's good quality. And you can find that just about anywhere, people, like anywhere. I've seen it in every fucking store I've gone to. So look for it. And, um, Playing, man. and that like personally i have the majority of my family that came over my my great-grandparents came over right from ireland on both sides have their entire fam is from that that irish scottish area i'm not saying i look for the that specific brand of butter for it i got on that brand because i knew it was grass-fed but personally it does to me just because i i fuck with some irish shit i like that it comes from there yeah actually sipping uh sipping a little whiskey right now man and again i don't know if that's just because i got some irish heritage or not but i like that shit also (laughs) (laughs) is definitely um it just put me in the mood to totally switch gears here you watched that conor mcgregor fight last weekend man no i didn't get to watch i saw a bunch of the highlights and shit 40 fucking seconds this is the great i I don't need to watch the fight the fight was a highlight the whole thing it was 40 seconds long (laughs) i know yeah i I did see it i did see the whole entire thing did you see the shoulder strikes yeah yeah cowboy's nose and orbital in like the first 15 seconds so my thing is though he conor moved so efficiently he was like with everything that he did he looked so calm so collected he moved 
he looked to be to to us to seem to us very slow and like just comfortable like just rocking almost back and forth in and out in and out and he just did every single move had so much purpose it was I, yep. I don't know. Like I have to say, I think it was like probably some of the best move, like technique I've ever seen from him. Yeah, the only better performance in recent history was a few years ago when Connor caught Aldo to get his first title in like what was that, like seven seconds or some shit. That was the only punch he threw. He just backed up, caught him with a a counter hook, and that it. This was he moves almost... so fucking relaxed. It's so it's a, it's pretty yeah. impressive. Like and it, yeah, like. Consider uh, it, too his last fight. So if you go through Connor's recent history, ago, was it was almost two years ago. It was him getting his fucking ass beat by Khabib, getting almost getting his head ripped off. Oh, Lucky that geez, that Khabib listened when the ref told him to let go, and it turns out that uh, it was probably only because Khabib was ready to jump out of the fucking cage and attack Connor's trainer <laughs> out in the crowd it was that fight where they just brawled in, yeah. in the crowd after yeah. before that was his his loss to floyd mayweather which is just that that hype boxing match that nothing against connor but point is he took a huge chunk of time off made over a hundred million dollars so now he's living living the good life for sure and he admitted he said and it's on camera too so i do i'll take his word for this as much as a, a guy like that does exaggerate a lot he was like yeah, I was drinking that fight week because he his proper whiskey is a huge business for him now. He was promoting it through that Wednesday night. He was on Conan O'Brien's show drinking whiskey with him. That's just not a good look, especially when you're about to fight probably the best guy ever in your division. I mean, he's still <laughs> undefeated. He's he's arguably the best ever at that weight. That uh, Khabib's a, an absolute savage. So the the fact that Connor was able to reorient everything get back to a good training camp sometimes coaches they no one went bad on him but they did air it out a little they were like yo connor would he'd come into camp on that and he is he's he's one of the best fighters in the world hands down whatever shape he's in or whatever he, he would come in ko a guy in camp and they wouldn't see him for three or four days and you know in connor's head he was just like i'm good you know what i mean like i'm gonna knock anyone out which is pretty much true anyone except for khabib when you go in there against that <laughs> that that russian bear wrestler <laughs> so <laughs> How how he was able to just get his mental state right because yeah no man all the the fighting side of things all that Connor's established proven beyond the shadow of a doubt anyone can lose a fight on any night Connor's one of the best ever at showing up and on that night on the biggest stage when he and this I was curious about in this time too because he had the Floyd fight away from the sport of MMA and then he had the the Khabib loss and he's waiting no one knows what he's doing if he's going on a fucking bender over in, in Ireland somewhere enjoying his $100 million or if he's training or what the fuck's going on, he was able to to snap back into gear and it, it was really all about the mental state. And I mean that as far as him pushing himself in camp, which he, his coaches reported he was every bit as consistent as he was before he he made all that money and had a, a few a few bad camps. He, he came back there and then, like you said, he... He showed up, so if you, you watch that 40-second highlight, and shit, you can just go to a Twitter feed and find the entire fight <laughs> someone's posted on there now. At the beginning, right when the fight starts, so it's, uh, anyone who's listening to this is damn sure better be familiar. Man, you got the now, hold on real quick, though. I just want everybody to remember, during this whole thing, somebody paid fucking $95.95 oh. to watch 40-second fight. 
Yep. So I almost right, go ahead. I almost bought it, and I was working that <laughs> night. Got off. The fight hadn't started, so I was like, "Damn, maybe I should just buy the card." Then my friend texted me like, "Yo, it's already over." When I was just like logging on, seeing it, deciding if I wanted to pay for it. Oh I was like, my god, that would have been fucking yeah. bullshit if you I been pissed, man. So yeah, he he came came out and they they start when at the beginning of each round this is the first one they they start on e- each with their backs against the cage the ref in the middle if one fighter is usually they're fucking ready to go so one gonna be edging up he'll be like no get the fuck back you each start in the same spot <laughs> right when they start if you you slow it down right at the beginning connor's already halfway across the cage before cowboy's even taken a step and a half away from from his side just immediately ran right up in his face. And Connor is known for starting fast. Because after so many years, barely fighting. And, and again, I don't know what training he was. I'm sure he was training, but we don't know in what way. And he obviously, he ate, something went wrong in the Khabib camp because he didn't win that fight. He came right in and then just put that work on him immediately and didn't let up. And that it was it was too much. And everything lined up perfectly. Nothing against him. Cowboy's known as a slow starter. He's he's a legend in the sport, still at the highest level. Fight anyone. It does nothing against his legacy to take this L against Connor. If anything, it just adds to it that he was able to step up, take this fight. I'm sure he got a fat paycheck for it, so that's great. And um, yeah, he it was just what what Connor came forward with immediately was was too much. And it like you noted it right at the beginning, it was just the the mental state he was in was just next level. And the, as a fan, the best part about it and the reason I, I expected him to win the matchup, he should have won. But again, he's fighting Cowboy Cerrone, one of the, the better fighters who's, who's ever competed in that sport. Anyone can take an L against Cowboy. It sets Connor up perfect for another mega fight. Whether it's another belt, he's got so many cool matchups. All up. personally, yeah, I just want to see one seventy five, right? They won you want one seventy. So well, yeah, welterweight's one seventy in um in MMA. But yeah, that and that was another aspect that they fought at a one weight class up, which he's fought there before. But and and Cowboy, this is the same thing. He's always fought against guys who also have competed at one fifty five, where Connor was probably his best. So it just opens up, and he he said this in the pre-fight. It just opens up more doors. Now he can fight at 170. He can go back to 150. He can fight fucking anyone now. Yeah, and yeah. All the hype is back. I mean, he's <laughs> legitimately one of the biggest athletes in the world, which is insane for for a fighter in in any way. Like you, unless you get to be like a Floyd Mayweather, like there's there's absolutely people with better careers in MMA than Conor. And I know he's up there, like the argument for for one of the better careers oh, you ever. Mean well known. Well, yeah, no. there's people like him that have had better careers, long streaks, <laughs> all that shit, and they haven't. They're they're nowhere near as recognizable, even in the states. Like they could walk down most major cities. Well, that's one thing Connor's got look. going for him. Like he, no matter what, fighting or not, can always make money because of the way that he promoted himself, the character that he created of himself. Because I'm sure he's not always like that. Yeah, it's yeah. It's you know what I mean? Like he he. He has a character that he created to specifically be the purpose that he wanted it to be. Like, like everything I feel like that guy has done. Like, sometimes I feel like he's he's being a little fucking ridiculous, which he is. But mostly, I feel like it's all well thought out. Very like, calculated, it, it, yeah. And when he goes off the script, and he it seems out of character. It's like what happens with the Khabib fight. Like he, everything about that seemed off, and even more so looking back. 
in hindsight. And that's why he, he didn't perform and didn't look like himself at all. And that was, I think it went to the fourth round. And he, he, he didn't show up anywhere near what you would expect out of him and what he's capable of. So that's why I want to see the rematch. And that's just, I've been a Connor fan since day one, man. So yeah. hopefully that shit happens. But there is. Yeah, I'm a if, fan of him, but sometimes he just does fucking stupid shit. Like, oh, he's a I like the he guy. punched he just, an old guy in a bar, remember? Yeah, but I know. Like, the, that's the stupid, yeah, the thing, that's, stupid stuff. That's what I was saying. Like, say he's enjoying his $100 million. Maybe he was on the end of a three day bender. You know what I mean? And that guy said, we don't know what that guy said to him. Maybe he called him like a, a stupid little cunt and that gets, got his fucking Irish blood up and he just blocked <laughs> him. Like, and as much as when the, the video is bad, it looks like the guy's like 75. He's actually like 50 something, whatever. You know what I mean? Like if I'm not that Still, I would do it. The only it. thing is that Connor's a professional, like, oh yeah, should do line. it. And then, yeah. And, and there's no, he shouldn't and absolutely should have controlled himself. But I'm just saying in, as far as him, not being in the best state that was a perfect example of it it showed and then him able to bring it back come back to this fight another thing um i wonder really if he like, gets fucking loose like once in a while kind of gets really drinking you know gets oh yeah like so, on a so, fucking yacht where he feels like there's nothing 100 he did it after the fight for sure to celebrate with and he did he said he he cut out liquor for the camp which is impressive for someone who clearly enjoys to drink like that cut out all the drinking <laughs> He was definitely drinking after. I mean, there's plenty of videos of it, him celebrating at his after parties. Yeah, he, he absolutely does. There's no question there. But, it, yeah, the the thing that, that I was thinking of, man, he said in, in the lead-up, and because he has been, uh, like, a lot of very successful people, especially athletes, like, very focused on his money and excessively so in some cases, and it's held up certain things. And I think it might have gotten the way in a little bit in that – he did certain things for the giant payday, like the Floyd fight. Not, I don't think that was a bad move at all. Again, he he did okay against the best boxer of all time and got paid $100 million for it, for sure. Get your money there. But then there was no way against uh, that, that that wasn't going to distract him after. And man, imagine he if he fucking beat Floyd, though. Like, sometimes I think about that still. I know, man. He did. He, it wasn't even... Like, as, like, my thing is, though, yeah. if there was that one fucking connection... It yeah, it I feel anymore. like it would have changed a lot. It would have changed a lot, like the whole outcome. Because I feel like it would have. It, it would have changed slowed the sport. Him down. It would have changed Connor's life. It would have done. Yeah, it would have been it absurd. It, it, it was a slim chance, but it was totally a chance. Again, Connor's a one of the best fighters that's ever competed, as far as an organized competition. Well, especially so, in that in that circumstance, because he's a striker. Yeah, exactly. He and he did back in his much younger days. He started boxing as a lot of people do before they get into MMA. So again, as much as it's a very, very long shot against the best boxer of all time, who's a defensive wizard, if Connor's left hand connected clean, Floyd's going out just like anyone else. Like, yeah. And that it could have. You know happened. what? Connor reminds me of gangs in New York for some reason all the time. Whenever we talk about yeah, that, it's because or like Peaky Blinders, man. Yeah, that Peaky kind of Blinders. Like, oh, yeah. Shit. Then, yep, like I just absolutely. see him fucking running it, fucking you know, popping somebody in the face randomly. Like, yeah, <laughs> and so he did. He had his little issues with the fucking Irish mob too. I and know. I was, I know. Or the the Floyd fight, but he was getting into it with them too, out partying and got into it with the wrong guy and punched him too. <laughs> like, it just is what it is. The other thing is not to. Uh, I don't know if this is true or not. Obviously, I haven't been around the guy. It's been rumored since the beginning of his career that Connor has a little coke habit, which would 
add to his ridiculous personality and snapping at very minor I mean, shit. Like I don't know how you up. can think he wouldn't have a coke habit. That's what I'm saying. He, if he doesn't have a coke like, habit, that's like, him. Then I feel like damn. it's pretty self self fucking explanatory that he's probably doing coke. <laughs> but he, it really, what I like seeing best as a fan following his career the whole way through it, you did see a lot of maturity, of course, as far as the performance and the, oh. the mental approach to the actual event. But what he, two things he said that were really interesting. One of the, the pre-fight interviews, he was like, yo, I have forever money now. Like, I made him enough money that I'm good. Like, I made over $100 million. It's never going away. Like, Connor's never going broke. And like you said, forget, even though he has options to make money for the rest of his life, doing appearances and whatever, yeah. even if he never fought, never thought about, never did yeah. any real work he again. Set he set himself up. He is good. But yeah. he already has, his money's good. It's established. So that was just a, a mature thing to say versus Connor a few years ago. I just want to, I want another $50 million paycheck. I'm trying to get a hundred million dollars, just like way too focused on just that next big paycheck. And also the other thing he said that was interesting after, cause he, he's been, he said, he said this a while. He's like, I want to fight. I want that could be rematch in Russia, in Moscow. So one of the, one of the MMA reporters asked Dana White, the, the head of the UFC, they were like, yo, what a Connor says he wants a rematch. And Dana's confirmed that, that it's likely that'll happen. Depends how Khabib's got a hard fight versus Tony Ferguson coming up in a few months. That's a ridiculous matchup, too. But it's very likely that the Connor Khabib thing will pop up again. They asked Dana, he's like, no, we can't do it there because the pay per views don't work. Like, if you do a, a shit, it, it wouldn't work, right? Unless you're doing it in like London or in, uh, in like Dubai or something. It's just different, like how it's broadcasted and how you would broadcast over here and the time difference. Everything about it would be fucked up. So, and so Dana was like, hell no, I wouldn't do that. Like, that makes no sense. Like, the pay-per-view, we'd lose so much money. We'd just, no, like, absolutely not. We're doing Vegas or Madison Square Garden or, like, somewhere, maybe possibly in, in like, London or somewhere like that. But we're not going to go to fucking Moscow. That's absurd. <laughs> and they, so they, of course, they bring that up to Connor after the fight. And he was like, you can see, he was just like, yo. And this is exactly, he's like, aren't we making enough money here? Like we're still, he's like, he's like, I know you'll still make a crazy amount of money if I fight Khabib in Russia. So like, fuck, if it's fucking 900 million in Vegas and we make 750 in Moscow, who gives a fuck? And like obviously <laughs> I know. the suits who are behind the UFC and Dana White and all them are never going to go for that. But I just thought it was a legit observation by Connor. He was like, yo, everyone would still be good. Like we'd all still make tons of money. And that, and as far as from a fan's perspective, that would be insane, man. If he he went to invade the enemy's territory and, and got that Khabib rematch in, and Khabib's not even Russian; he's from Dagestan, closely connected. <laughs> but uh, that yeah, that that would be wild, man. But uh, I yeah, I was uh, obviously too too hyped on that, man. Real impressed with the performance and shit. Yeah, I mean, whenever really the cool. next thing pops up, uh, I'll be talking about it for sure. But. We've already been going for for a good minute, man. We got to get to get to some workout shit, man, because it's been too long since we checked in oh, on yeah. that. But uh, what are you on now? So, first off, are you still thinking about a bodybuilding show, possibly this summer? Yes, I that's am. the I'm actually yeah. looking. I'm looking for a coach. So, if anybody listens to this that's in Colorado Springs, coach and wants fucking to coach somebody that's very dedicated as fucking possible and would like to make something happen. Hit me up, fucking. Hell yeah! Like hit us up yeah, somehow. Are here on the on the. On the I've podcast. been, uh, yeah, and I've been encouraging you on that since you brought the idea up last year because it's just, I just think it would be a good move for you. It would be a well, good goal I, to I set. I really think I'm, I would like it. I mean, for one thing, 
for me, I th- I think I can build. You know, I, I'm I, I have very dense muscle, but I noticed uh, I've been working it really a lot lately. I got this fucking machine gun thing. It works it up, and it really kind of fluffs me up. You know what I mean? It's different. Like, um, it, it's because my shit's starting to relax a little bit. I'm starting to get, like, my shoulder under control, and I'm realizing that my neck's a little longer than it was. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> shit's fucking, shit's starting to mm-hmm. settle down and out and shit. Like, I look a lot better uh, physique-wise. Yo, sometimes I stretch, and I'm convinced that I'm taller. I'm like, I'm definitely, <laughs> no, oh, like, yeah. six two well, right I know that's, <laughs> yeah. I know that's a fact, because when I fuck my back up, man, like, I every time I go in the chiropractor and it was every other day because I really fucked my back up. I herniated two discs and one was inverted, extroverted. It was fucked up and I did everything natural. I did no other way than natural so, to fix all right. it. I don't want to cut you off, but real quick, everyone I run into and it's very common now. Someone's like, "Oh, I have back issues, partially herni- herniated disc because they had back issues. They went to the doctor, the doctor, they got an MRI or whatever. They're like a her- so that's the disc in between your vertebrae and your spine bulging out a little. If it presses it against a nerve, will cause pretty extreme pain. People think a herniated disc is like, oh, instantly one nothing to do about it, and the only end of that is surgery. That's yeah. so retarded. Did you have it's three or four? Bullshit knowledge out of it. Yeah, I, I was it three or four? four of them because I have, I have one. Of and my what age went, were you when you found that? Because it was before my, we started working out. Probably like twenty. So 18, I had I, my, I had the ones in my neck since I was like probably fourteen, fifteen. But I had the ones in my back when I was twenty-one, twenty-two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like I either was way, pretty, I was pretty 20, fucking. Are you twenty-nine now? I'm thirty. 30 my bad bro happy birthday (laughs) (laughs) so back to the point so you totally handled that and your your back's good right as far as i know i'm sure you would have told me yeah but yeah i handled it totally naturally totally by changing my diet stretching certain ways and actually working out like I got told by three different doctors that I went to see because I did the whole thing because at the time I was young enough, I still was underneath my parents' insurance and shit. So I was taking advantage of it. I went out and I got the MRIs, like all the like, x-rays and shit. I made sure everything was all good because my back was fucked up. Like I was on the ground for two weeks without being able to get up. <laughs> I just remembered how you did it when you you really threw the back out. Like, fucking, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was fucking down, you know? You know, I'm just saying it wasn't a lot of weight that you were lifting. It was just a weird movement, and this shit tweaked. (laughs) And I fucking went down. I went down hard. Like, it was not fucking, it was not grateful at all. It was was ridiculous. Anyway, (laughs) it took me two fucking weeks to recover from that. And it was it was the worst recovery I feel like I've ever had to do. I've broken my leg, my fucking wrist, my ankle, my fucking finger, all bunch of shit, even neck injuries, fucking all that good stuff. And my back took a year and three months to totally feel like I could start moving again normally. And then still from there, I eased my way into being normal. Of course. Yeah, you didn't go right back to heavy deadlifts no, or anything. No, well, it, how even many years, like that. Like, how I many years like, since then has it been good? It's been good now. So let's see. Fucking six seven, years. eight years. Six, yeah, so six, seven years. That's sounds, and shit, I guess we, we have to have to give a Rogan reference real quick because he, he's said it so many times. One of the things he doesn't go hard on anymore because he just beat it to death. But that reverse hyper he used, that comes from Louis Simmons, the West Side Barbell guy. Yeah. Intelligent strength, strength training and stretching will often fix the issues with shoulder herniated disc whatever it is hips that doctors are telling people 
they need surgery right away for. It's absurd, man. It's and so fucking it's just stupid. every time when I run into something, they're like, oh, well, I have a herniated disc. I'm like, oh, well, shit. One of my closest friends got four of those and he dealt with it all. <laughs> and now he works and worked out like a savage through the whole thing, but now works out like a savage with zero issues with his back. So, like, yeah. don't look at me and say, like, oh, you just got unlucky with this injury and there's nothing to do about it. Like, it's just, it, it's so weak. And it's just because people have been so. I guess it's just so brainwashed. And I remember thinking like this way early on too. Like I heard herniated disc. Oh shit, your back's fucked. Like yeah, that's some shit that's gonna stick with you for like yo. You well, can you know, actually like, like, find for the me, disc totally like out and be fight. good. For me, it was a little bit more of a fight because just like you said, even when we were like that back home, I thought that too. Like my my dad and my uncle still have fucked up backs. They still fuck up with them. Like my back definitely gets tense once in a while because I eat beef or something or. Or I haven't stretched a certain way or something, yeah, and then I and then I go, disc. I go right, yeah, yeah. They they've had, what's that? I was at beef. Well, it didn't herniate the disc. No, so it that didn't hurt me. It's but that's related stuff. as far as you you like it noticing. Will, it will shit, bother but. that, so I try to leave everything alone back there. Everything has to be nice and relaxed. Same thing with like my knees. I use my knees a lot. I'm always hopping around. Either way, the, all fucking the point is, you got a a, a legit serious injury that a lot of doctors would say require surgery and yeah. which is absolutely the wrong route. It is so true. I'll tell that, you the three different things they told me. They told me they could fuse it. They told me mm, they could they could surgery. give me steroids. And then mm -hmm. they told me they can they could try to get me into this obnoxiously expensive fucking thing where they put a fake fucking disc in between. So they literally cut your fucking spine and put something in there to fucking separate your spine again and replace it. Yeah, Eddie Bravo's it. had that a few times. Like, what the, the yeah. fuck is that? Mm -hmm. like, you know, so like, that's actually what, Adi, what you listed, and that they used to fuse discs a lot. That's an absurd thing to do, lock someone's spine in place. And look, I don't know if it was the best option back then. Maybe it was. I think it sounds absolutely ridiculous to do that. The replacing it with a fake disc is another that was a one of the cooler, more recent fixes they found for it. And then stuff like shooting stem cells and actually trying to regenerate the tissue. That's another I think has the most potential to really get people back to normal. But overall, again, a herniated disc in most cases is absolutely not a cause for surgery. No. It will just require a lot of but rehab. You guys, yeah, like you gotta remember you I just said it. I just said it took me a year and like three months to feel like I could yeah. start trying to be normal again. But I did it in that time. And I've had, I didn't need to go through all the expense or surgery or anything like that. Nothing. But the, one of the biggest differences, and it's a, this is one of the annoying parts about it, is the reason most people would, wouldn't do that work, even if they wanted to, even if they understood it and were like, yes, I could do through this rehab, avoid surgery, this is a better option in the long run. They wouldn't do it because they don't have the incentive you do to want to use your body. They don't want to do those ridiculous workouts that you do, which is such a core part of your life that That's true. They that that motivated you. Like you would have done, I know you, man, you would have done anything to get back to that and definitely would have avoided something like getting your fucking neck fused so there's certain movements you could never do again if yeah. they do that shit. So. Yeah, there's no way I'm never going to be able to do a handstand again. Like you fucking shit mm -hmm. me. You know what I mean? Like, that was one of the things that I was having issues with. Is they were telling me all these limiting movements and stuff that I was doing. I'm like, what the fuck? And, you know, now, like, I definitely work my lower back. Like, I'll do uh, dumbbell deadlifts. And my back definitely gets sore. 
you know, I have to be, I have to just be extra careful for the next couple of days because it's tender back there because I know that it's had, it's had an injury. So I just, I just consciously always take care of it, you know, so, in, in preparation. So, so I don't have issues because I'm always making sure just like my knee, I have a knee that gets fucking tight because my hip gets fucking tight. So pay attention to it. My shoulder's a little fucked, you know, like I just, I work out all the fucking time. I work, I train people all the time. I get punched at all the time. I get kicked at. I was thinking the other day, like how hard people sometimes kick me. I get kicked a lot harder than all the other trainers. I'm a little different than all the other trainers. So like people will try kicking me over with the shield. They will try to make, to see if I can move. Cause I don't mm-hmm. move. Like I like that. I wasn't even the one that started this. It was the other trainers are like, go ahead, kick me across the room. So the Yo. trainers would have them kick you across the room, which I'm like, what the fuck? Dude. Now they're trying to do it with me, so I'm getting beat up a little bit. So then I now I avoid those situations. Yeah, it's- and then I know all about that shit, man, because there's people that throw some serious round kicks. As far as I can tell, there's no harder kicks than like a traditional Muay Thai roundhouse. Yeah. And there's some absolute savages at the gym I train at. And there's some people like with a, a four or five inch kick shield you see your arms be beat the fuck up. Sometimes they'll even get bruised with some of the, the more advanced people, and they're definitely not kicking their hardest. Absolutely not. They're just throwing perfect technique. Putting It's just physics. They're, they're rotating their body and letting their legs swing, and they get a lot of... You can generate a crazy amount of power that. I know. And I cannot wait to fucking hit pads with you, man. We're going to have I know, a, I know, a great I got, time with I that. Know. We're going to have fun. As much, it's, not, it's definitely not any kind of, of real high level like I was just talking about, but my round kick is... like I'm, I'm built for it, man. Like I'm exactly six feet tall. I've played fucking soccer a lot when I was younger, and yeah. I, I'm I could kick fucking hard, man. I can't see, wait. See, that's the one thing too. Like I got, like I, 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 for for me and my size, anyways. Yours is probably much more because you have more leverage and all that good stuff. But uh, I can get pretty high, and I have real good double tap. I fucking I love the round kick. Like I can fucking knock that bag fucking right in half. And ours are. Our, ours are about 125, 130, so fucking folding that bitch is, it's pretty good. It's not bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dude, I've even been, uh, I've really been enjoying it. I don't use it as a kickbag, obviously, like a normal heavy bag, kickboxing bag, which anyone who doesn't know, it's just like a normal boxing bag, but goes all the way to the floor. So it's, of course, a little heavier, and they usually like just drag on the floor, so you get a little more resistance when you're throwing heavy kicks into it but you gave me a it's usually called an uppercut bag but it's like a, a round bag that hangs a little higher yeah i've just been Reckon loving the, the combos yeah with uh like yeah hooks uppercuts uh even a, a little elbows because there's a lot of that in my tap but i also oh, yeah. a lot of the combos through i'll just throw up a quick kick and i'm not throwing it with power like i do on the the heavy bag but it's. I feel like it's helped my accuracy a lot, and I just like oh, that bag has different that angles thing's fucking too. Swinging. Yeah. Yeah. Because they so, like, like, so like I. I love up. it. I love it because I like push it out and I'll fucking hit it and like um I'll use the momentum of it to duck under, fucking throw a knee into it. Like I do. We do a lot of shin kicks and shit. So like uh, we could shin kick oh, the bottom of it. Being real, outside of a front kick, some kind of snap kick, or I get back kicks. You're hitting with the heel, but that's more the the type of all that like flashy karate kicks and what most people would associate with what you'd see in kung fu movies and shit, where they just like 
hit someone and just like snap them with their foot right in the face. It is true. Like if you connect with the foot and if you throw them with full power, it will hurt, but you're very likely to break your foot or at least hurt it bad enough that you're not going to be able to throw another kick in the near future. So as far as I can tell outside of front kicks where either the ball of your foot or maybe the heels hitting on, on some kind of side kick, any kind of round kick, you should be connecting with your shin. And that's, all Muay Thai, like we, I've never learned a single technique that you're supposed to hit with the foot well, this is outside called of a, a shin a front kick, kick specifically for us, where you just well, yeah, yeah. What I'm saying, and I know because you're you're doing a lot, a wider variety of kicks than the stuff I train. As far as kicking to damage someone, especially at the the beginner levels, the only thing that should be making contact with is the shin. That's Always. what will do the damage. Always. Kicking someone. With any part of the top of your foot, there's you can just feel it. Just feel your foot. There's well, all those fragile little like bones. We have, you know, we have, I have people too that sometimes come in, and it's interesting the way that they think they they should use their body in the situation, punching and stuff. You know, it's not bad. I know that maybe they never punched or whatever, but like they're trying to punch with their fucking like second, you know, mid set of knuckles, and it's just weird. You know, it's like, come on, like what? Ooh, what part? I'm not, yeah. I got lucky with that, too, because my I just have the two knuckles that are supposed to connect, which are the first two after your thumb. They just kind of stick out on my hands. That's what I always naturally connected with. Like, I remember I just punch random shit way, way back when I was younger. I got mad and, like, punched a wall or something. Those are always the knuckles that connected. So I never fucked up my hand too bad. fucking the big bitches right there, yeah. And yeah, I got no, one that was all broken and busted, so it's a little thicker than. Well, and yeah, like I'm training all most of the time with 16 ounce gloves, but now that I can really oh, throw, right. like generate a lot of power with uh with my frame and got like decent enough technique to like throw some some solid strikes, I'll occasionally connect with the uh the wrong part of my hand again with 16. It's like having a goddamn pillow on your hand, and it'll fucking hurt especially if it's on the bag like pads of course have a little more give at least with most people who are holding them but like once this only happened once but i threw this weird punch man it's kind of like an overhand hook connected with the the like the pinky and that the knuckle right next to it and it made my arm go numb up to the yeah. elbow it's pretty just like it's just like like pins and needles <laughs> i was like damn yeah yeah so yeah just a little See, that happens to, to me too because i'm actually getting into that because i'm trying to work like one one or two specific combos for like a month straight anyways you know like whenever i get in there it is a workout but i yeah. work a bag uh for for this combo a few times every single yeah. time no one's scared of the guy who who knows a thousand different yeah. punches. <laughs> so guys, done one punch a thousand. And that's times. why, and that's why is... my round kick, my round kick is is like geared for about like anywhere between two and a half to like fucking four feet. Like anybody's knee to hip, I'm gonna fucking take their leg out real quick. Oh. Like I I oh. got a real high one too. I could definitely kick myself in the face. I'm high enough to do that, but I'm not very tall, so I want to keep my leg low. I think. Yeah, and also it would just depend in the context. Like in any kind of normal fight, like outside of competition, kick. probably don't head kick anyone. Like that's not gonna go well for don't almost ever even, put your foot yeah, up. yeah, yeah. Don't someone. Yeah, you're you're gonna end up on the ground one way or the other. <laughs> but if we're we're talking about yeah, kickboxing or uh, or MMA, that's when those those high level kicks really come in and. They are super effective if they're thrown in the the right context, the right technique at the right time, just like anything, man. I was watching a fight. I wish I could. I wish I remembered. I I saw it on one of McGregor's little fucking things through Instagram there. And uh, 
the guy was just like front kicking the shit out of him, like, you know, round kicking him, uh, his lead leg the whole entire time. And that's actually how he went down. Fucking ended up kicking that out of him. Oh, and, yeah. So and uppercutted him as he was coming fucking down, took dude, him uh, right out, man. Like, it's so bad because it's unnecessary damage. But is there <laughs> anything better in like boxing or MMA or whatever? If they they basically KO'd someone, they're falling over and they get to light them up once more. It's well, like, like when you like, clearly oh. KO'd him because he fell down like a sack of potatoes, then you go over and fucking thump him, <laughs> fucking thump him like you're giving an elbows and Yo, shit to his there head. There was a guy on oh the undercard God. of the Connor fight that uh he landed like a good eight ten strikes on this guy on the ground, and I never I wouldn't have even known it was just one of my friends in class pointed out he. He shows up in my gym all the time to train wrestling with the pros. They they they're there on um, usually Wednesdays, I think. But he just he was like, oh, that that guy fights in. Uh, he's a lightweight in the UFC. I was like, oh, badass. Like I'm a, a big UFC fan, so I just noticed. So I saw his name on the card, and it's not his fault at all. Like if you're in a fight in a competition where. It, how they it's so fucked up in the ufc how they get paid you get your show money and you get your win money so for undercards it'll be like you might get like 25 and 25 they get 25 grand to show you double your fucking paycheck if you win so if you've knocked a guy down oh, you better beat his face in until the ref pulls you the fuck off or you're just stupid you're just okay. not not yeah, be, there's no common sense to it so it's a little better with boxing and kickboxing because as soon as anything touches the ground it's a, like no more strikes it's over and that's much better when you blend it with mma it gets more complicated and that's it's all on the ref because as far as the fighter goes you have to be full blast and if you get someone hurt you better do your best to finish them or again because it happens all the time and it makes for crazy fights but a guy barely survives and recovers and if you hesitate for your little like i think this guy's ko then the ref doesn't sure. step in he his head clears a little bit. He gets back up. You might have another two rounds. He even if you you beat his ass in the first round, he gets two rounds. You just lost half your paycheck, just like that. And that could easily put a a lower level fighter as far as what they're getting paid and rankings, and all that, put them in the hole from their fight camp. You got to pay your coach. You got to pay your manager. You uh hopefully your fucking flights covered, but you still might be paying extra for accommodations if and all your food, nutritionist, all that shit. It just adds so in MMA it's brutal when I don't like seeing that, like when they way too many unnecessary strikes. But like kickboxing, you know as soon as anything anything besides the feet touches the ground, it's game over. So like if a guy's wobbling, maybe he's unbalanced, lay him up again, man. <laughs> land that land oh, that yeah. fucking I like real head kick. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, that made that's fucking way clearer than like somebody driving a knee into somebody that's clearly dead. Well, yeah, like, and the not, one... when their arms when they're not protecting themselves when you're flying at them, I just well, feel they're... like there's no need for the knee in the face. You're not allowed to kick people in the head in MMA when they're on the ground. The, not it was never in the UFC, even some of the old MMA promotions. Well, I guess it's pro just how he fell on him. It wasn't like a drag yeah. face, but well, yo, it's still in, dragging in... me like down his face. <laughs> One of the, like the the biggest organizations right before the UFC was Pride. It was out of Japan where they would like encourage you to take steroids. A lot of the old legends were there, like Bass Root and yeah. uh, that kind of those kind of guys. They uh, you were allowed to kick people in the head when they're on the ground. So if you stunned some guy, like knocked him down, 
you were allowed to run up to him like a soccer ball and fucking take a free kick at his head. And they do it all the time. So they took that out the equation. <laughs> Holy fuck, that seems a little unnecessary. It was brutal. But back to what you were saying before, man, because the, the leg kicks and how you can put someone down just with that. If yeah. you throw a, a kick where the shin connects, either the most common place is right above the knee, that lower third of your thigh, or one that's getting more popular recently is wrapping around and hitting the upper calf. Just, I mean, it's like a baseball bat slamming into your leg. Even a well-conditioned fighter is takes a few of those, and I, 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 those are some of my favorite highlights. Because I, I, I train Muay Thai at the moment, so I watch a lot of that shit. And leg kicks are probably more common than even a jab. It's probably the most common thing that's thrown in Muay Thai. It's just the most fundamental shit ever. Chop of the legs. They teach you that from day one. So chop the legs, yeah hitting that leg and there's a a lot of guys who are known for exactly that they were just open up on the legs and once you get one you get it's basically like getting a a crazy dead leg as soon as if you're uh, to avoid that you want to stay heavy on your back foot so then you can either lift the lead leg to evade or check the kick and which it hurts anyway but it's still it's a way to discourage people from kicking your legs but if you get hit once and say you get that dead leg effect you're going to be heavy on that leg because it doesn't fucking work right anymore. <laughs> it's, you, you, damn, you're lost feeling. So as soon as someone, and it, you, I bet you'll notice it when you you see a clip now. So they land one kick that did damage, but nowhere near enough to like put a guy down. He then, the weight shifts towards that leg because it's fucked up, where what he wants to do is lean on his back leg, and then it's just fucking open season. And that guy just throws three or four more, and then he's on the fucking ground because his leg le- legit won't work for the next few hours. You meet out on crutches, and his leg will guarantee will be like twice the size for for the next week. It's a uh, it's a pretty ridiculous way to end a fight, but it is it's it's not uncommon in in Muay Thai, especially, and it's 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 a badass man to watch those kind of highlights. But oh, fuck, man, yeah, we man. still still kept rolling on the the fighting, and we've already we've got a, a longer one here, which I like. So we didn't have we didn't have any time. We had to cut off today, but I want to real quick back to just to wrap this up. And, and we can continue on more more of the fitness stuff that, that I want to talk about on a, a future one. But what are you doing for training right now? If you're looking, you're hoping to, to get into some body in the summer, are you trying to focus on certain areas? Are you like, I want to bring up my back or shoulders yeah, or what? So, what uh, what's right, right now I'm bringing up, my, bringing up my back a little bit. I'm, I'm, I am trying to, uh, I'm just up with my protein, up with protein. What's properly. your split? First off, what's your, what's your workout split? Okay, so... Like, um, like, what do you talk about? Each session? So right now, I'm actually, okay. No, like, what's your weekly workout routine? Like, are you doing, right. like, back shoulders? Are you doing full bodies? Are you doing upper, lower, push, no, pull? No, I'm doing back and shoulders, push and pulls, and all that good shit. I'm going to give so, you my schedule right now. So right now, like, on, yeah. say on a Sunday. Sunday, I'm doing a nine-round workout. So I do, um, I'll do this in the morning with, with, uh, with, a, with my workout partner, and I'll be working out. And uh, we'll train each other. We'll do uh, uh, um, yeah. either the tie pads or whatever, do that shit, work each other pretty good for that half hour. Then after that, go fucking hit the gym. Do the weights. We usually do legs. Otherwise, we do back stuff. We usually do uh, one uh, – both those, those heavy muscle groups, they change up once in a while Saturday, Sunday, depending on the day. So legs, what are you doing? Squats? So legs, we're breaking curls, it up. Leg press. You know, yeah, so I'm doing a lot of uh, I do a lot of quad and I do a lot of glutes and then what uh, exercises? One, what exercise? So we got a few different type of machines. I'm going to a different gym now, so I'm using like specific fucking uh, isolating machines. 
Um, mainly because I want to kind of, uh, I just, I, I just want to work on a few things in my legs. I want to build my quads more or less. So I'm doing a lot yeah, of the extension. Front I'm squats. Doing, yeah. Front oh yeah. Squat. Oh yeah. 100%. Always. Yeah. Yeah. So we're do, I do that with the Smith and then, um, you know, I want to also, I need to build up some strength in my hamstrings. I need to counter react it because my quads are pretty strong. They're just not as big as I want them to be, but my hamstrings are lacking. So I, that's why we pretty much take a whole day just for hamstring work, you know. Um, stiff so leg that, deadlifts, curls, yeah, all, all, yeah, that, all shit. that good stuff. Yep, dumbbell stiff leg deadlifts, uh, curls, uh, and then we also add calf usually in on that as well. So that's like the two different types of uh, leg days. Then the so legs twice a week, twice a week, yeah, right. twice a week, back twice a week, uh, shoulders and chest once. Mm-hmm. So, um uh, chest, uh, I actually get in a little bit more because right now I'm trying to pre- prep for going to convention nine round and I got to win the push up yeah. contest a little again. Got so. to, got, got to, to, man. So, uh, I got to make sure <laughs> I get that up there, definitely. Yeah, for sure. No, I like that, man. I like the sound of that for, for yeah, sure. But and- I am getting like probably, I want to say five nine round workouts in. So, like, I'm training pretty heavily. Which, okay. you know, and it's all in context. The nine round stuff, in my opinion, is just like a much more intelligent form of cardio than the standard bodybuilding is to do the weights. Very similar to you to describe whatever the split is. That sounds like a, a pretty, pretty typical bodybuilding split for the week. And then they'll do like a Stairmaster or treadmill walking in the morning. Or there's a few guys who'll get a little more creative with like some intervals or some shit. But bodybuilding cardio is mostly sucks, man. It's it's really terrible. What you're doing and why I think it's a better option is because interval training, but it's also engaging those muscles. You're not you specifically. Like there's some people will put on a little bit of muscle if you're totally untrained, go right into kickboxing and do that kind of stuff. All that workout, you've done way heavier stuff. You do, you're doing way heavier stuff in the gym yeah. right now. You're not building any muscle there, but you are using the muscle you have, and you're getting getting that heart rate it's up. It's making me fucking ripped, man. It's like, way better to, cardio than, say, walking on the Stairmaster it, it for is, it is. 30 and minutes. I, and, yeah. I, and I 100% believe with, with just having this over all the other bullshit cardio I've tried doing, um, although I do still love fucking doing certain fucking uh, interval training with with the battle rope it just it just is a perfect blend to keep yourself fucking lean and with a growth at the same time because like it's a perfect mix i don't don't even know how to explain it i think it's more or less for me here's a little well for me the way i I, 100 but i a little theory that uh i've kind of been formulating but it just just came together here because we we both trained a lot in the past we trained a lot together done a lot of heavy weights i did uh i did deviate a little away from uh the heavy lifting earlier and when I was doing a lot of trail running for two, almost three years and I was still definitely doing a lot of strength training too, but I did, I just got into doing some more cardio stuff. But as far as keeping yourself lean, I, from everything I've done, I've done a lot, everything from long, that bodybuilding bullshit that I referenced most of the time when I shit on a workout, it's because I did it for a few years. I made that mistake. I did. I've done a lot of stupid stuff in the gym, spent a lot of time in the treadmill that did almost nothing for me. Yeah. It's never been easier for me to, to stay lean and also lifting. I'm squatting three times a week right now. 
and doing uh of course i'm squatting front squats uh military presses and weighted pull-ups are the the heaviest movements i do i do a lot of other like one leg deadlifts and balance exercises all the you know all the little shit and of course i'm just doing fucking pull-ups Whenever I can so see, throughout the day. This is, before you keep going, this is the shit that me and you do, though. So, the, so what the fuck is really our workout? Because, like, I do the... I do the oh, I got the thing. answer right here, man. It's uh, it's our lives. You know what I did this man. morning, yeah. bro? Uh, I rolled out my fucking bed, which is a mattress on the floor of my room. I don't even have a real bed. Rolled off my bed. I was like, I feel like doing a couple of squats. <laughs> They're just body weight squats. Obviously, that's no real work. But I legit, the first thought in my head when I woke up this morning, I was like, I feel like doing squats. <laughs> so it was just like, I felt like. And then, of course, that like that snowballed into doing a couple pistol squats, rolling my ankles oh, yeah. out a little. Just is no, what like, it is. You know, but... I get out. I sometimes I go right into handstand. Like, I go right into a crow. Yeah, I love doing handstands. Go right into a crow. Like, uh, I'll get up in the morning and literally I'll start getting dressed. I'll just stop getting dressed and be like, fucking 50 push-ups. Boom, bang them out. Like, it's Dude, pretty funny. But what I'm I was, saying uh... is, what is, our, what is our workout when, like, I'm over here. I work out legs twice a week, say, at, at the gym. I also do, like, stupid fucking, like, low squat movements all over the place at nine rounds. Then we're over here. I'm doing pistol squats for bounce at home, you know, in between. Like, like you were yeah. just saying, you do some pull-ups, you're doing some training well, here. Well, that's really – it's been a game-changer for both of us because we were already doing really well years ago. And I'm talking seven, eight years, and we started just doing the bulk of our work in the gym. But a lot of it, as we started to work out together and learn all these new things, we would come in every day after working all day on our manual labor jobs, and I'd be like, dude – I just figured out how to do tricep extensions on the staging when I'm fucking car- like pulling up buckets of bricks. And you're like, yo, I was doing a flag off the truck on the route <laughs> earlier. So that has definitely and that I, it's not it's not just us by any means. People who get really into fitness, it just uh, filters into all aspects of your life. That's just because yeah. the shit we love to do. But uh, I want to double back real quick because the, the little theory I was going to bring up, I think kickboxing, one of the best things to keep you really lean if. You're all, and this ties right into where you were going with with what is our actual workout? What do we actually do during the day? Because we have certain strength workouts, and there's all this other shit on top of it. If you're doing that stuff with the core of it being those heavy compound lifts, the stuff we're doing in the gym, and all the little stuff tagged in the pistol squats, the pull ups, the fucking handstands, the way we stay active throughout our day, all that. We, if you tie that in the active lifestyle, but with a bulk of heavy a heavy strength training base. That we're at the very least maintaining, and it sounds like the moment we're both trying to make progress with those heavy lifts. I know I'm damn sure trying to get my squat oh, yeah. up, You're trying to work. No, I want to like, get my bench back up, man. You're right leaning like a little more towards the hypertrophy, as in, and that growing the muscle yeah. for the body one person. But I am also one of the I best am. ways to grow to grow a muscle as a natural athlete is to get stronger. So, so this is my a bigger this muscle is my take on it a little bit, though. There's a few things where I feel like I'm plenty big enough, so I just can keep working a little bit and then building the areas around it like say like hey, my chest my bench i have a pretty good sized chest for my size well, yeah i, I brush right it. over you doing chest and uh and shoulders once a week because chest and shoulders are probably your strongest body part yeah yeah like you definitely I mean, shouldn't be focusing you shouldn't be doing those yeah, two or three times a week. exactly why would, that's yeah. why those are only once a week yeah exactly. so the, this is the the little theory that i'm i'm coming out where I, that 
doing the kickboxing type training, which we're both doing as far as the workout from it, very similar stuff all the time. We're both hitting a lot of pads, doing a lot of stuff like that, a lot of bag work, as well as the strength training shit we've done for years has put us, I'm do, the, all the lifts feel fucking great, man. I'm not pushing the weight aggressively or anything. I'm not trying to fucking power lift, but it just feels really good. And I'm st- easily and eating everything I fucking can, staying super lean, probably the leanest I've been in, close to the leanest I've been my, my entire life with very little effort outside of just all, like, I'm going to do eat healthy and all that shit. But that, the strength training combined with the kickboxing seems to be a, a little magic formula because it is really strong, hard to maintain a good amount of muscle and stay pretty lean. And there, are, of course, there's different ways to do it. Dude, I but mean, I the think reason, we're both hitting it on key because I'm oh, in yeah, the same boat. This is what like, I'm saying. I'm the reason so I think mean. that the, the strength training and the core of our workouts, which is still the base, the foundation that all this is built on, is so important to, of course, and originally build and then maintain or or build on like we're doing now is because, like, I go to a gym with there's so many it's it, it's uh it's got to be one of the biggest gyms in Colorado man and the original location is in Boulder the one I go to they just opened a new one in the the town just north of here there I think there's six others around like the greater Denver area there'll be one in Colorado Springs I'm sure this it, it's a they do a great job of the gym they run it intelligently it's a good place to train everything about it is is on point a lot of people there and I do see people a lot of people I started training there with almost two years ago now get in much better shape, but they get in better cardio shape. Their legs will do okay, but where they often lack a lot is upper body and the leg development will be completely tailored towards kickboxing. So they won't look like someone who can squat a lot. They'll more look like more like a fucking trail runner or something more like that versus they it will get them in much better shape now i'm not nothing against but not in they won't give them the complete package the way you'd want if you you really know anything about fitness and a lot of people like that do want that they go there just for the workout a lot of them aren't training to to compete or anything like that so i think if you have the strength training base and this one it's i think doing something like kickboxing is a perfect supplement to stay on the leaner side and i think it allows you this is the 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 actual theory i think it allows you to hold more muscle because of what i said before the way you're actually you're firing your damn near whole body when you're throwing a round kick in a very like explosive coordinated fashion and if you're doing working pads or hitting a bag or something you're jacking your heart rate up just like you were doing tabata sets on a fucking exercise bike i think it tells the muscle that it's okay to have all this mass here, but we're going to cut out everything else as far as the just fat. keep the muscle. I think Versus if you just right walk on, on the treadmill and even like what a lot of bodybuilders do is because they're trying to hold on all the muscle they can. They're like, I'm just going to do slow, low intensity heart rate stuff. It does trump the fat. But what that does, just walking, like go just fucking go walk the fucking Appalachian Trail. Everyone who's ever done that comes off skinny as fuck on the other side because that's what, what that tells your body drop all this extra weight you don't need big fucking legs to walk you don't to move your body at all but if you want to be to maximize your potential as far as uh your athletic athleticism and fitness yeah you want to be holding a lot more muscle than you would if you were just walking through the fucking woods so i think it almost tells the muscle it's cool like sending this signal cool to be to hold all this extra weight with this cardio whereas if you just did the cardio it's sending the opposite message to your body it's saying 
look, we're doing this cardio. Yes, it will burn some fat, but yeah. what, what the fuck's all this extra muscle doing? Why are you carrying Because I have to say, like, I, I have definitely developed now because I've been with Nino for two years. Um, in the time that I've been with Nino, I've worked out four to five days a week regularly for two fucking years plus strength training regularly for two years straight. And, um, man, I, I, I feel, I feel way more solid and I am fucking lean and I am like 189, two, 201, like bouncing up and down right there all the time, like solid. You like said used, 189, 201. Do you mean 199? Oh, so one, what, no, one, not, yes, 198, yeah. 198, yeah. Mm-hmm. 198 and 201. So I bounce yeah. a little bit between there, even weighing myself at the same time. I only weigh myself like probably, you know, maybe once or twice a week or whatever, just to kind of see things. But I am so fucking lean. It's, it's insane. I got every, you could see, there's nothing you couldn't see. You know what I mean? I fucking like it. But yet everything on me, fits tighter too which i like as well you know all my clothing and shit so i'm really liking the way that i'm growing i'm really an interesting experiment to see and what you're doing is the best way to the absolute best way to test this shit because what i'm talking about is using kickboxing style training in addition to the the weights is that gonna get you in the kind of shape that you'd want to do for a, for a bodybuilding contest so that will be that'll be fascinating man yeah uh, to go forward with but bro, bro we're uh we're almost at 90 minutes here man so we've already completely thrown out we were like we we're gonna keep these to like 30 45 max i think that's what we said two episodes ago so yeah whatever it is what it is (laughs) it's just what happens the only reason we said that is because usually we're on a tight schedule so like when we are we'll cut it cut it it was nice though man we need to be able to fucking just rant on dude we just barely touched on on the shit i know fitness i wanted to go in on man (laughs) so we got fucking out we got hours what uh dude you already know basically like i'm i'm training muay thai five or six times a week uh i gave you a base i'm doing those uh those big strength moves three days a week along with the other little shit just i want you to think on it and just think because what i want to do is basically get uh i want to get as much strength particularly in like the lower body posterior chain as far as like the squat deadlift pattern as much strength as i can get that and i would like to gain a solid like five pounds in the next three to four months you know like by the summer whatever no strict timeline on that but i like to put on a little weight my cardio is is ridiculously good right now i just feel great on that side of it but think if there's anything else that you think either should be tweaked or added on or whatever i just want to put that we we definitely don't need to go on it now but just think about it and maybe we'll revisit it next episode and think if you have any input because you know, I always value your opinion on, on yeah, that well, kind same of thing. With you, like uh, anything that you could think of, like for me, fucking uh, putting on a little bit, because I would like to be like two. Steroids. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's one of the best. I-, I had to say like, one of the best things about this, and I-, I could just verify this the whole way through, and people won't believe it when you see like you're I- I've said this so many times, man, on this and off it. But like if I met you and didn't know you at, at the gym, like lifting, I'd be like, yeah, you're taking some shit. <laughs> Dude, just, so, like, so I, didn't I have know, a I know little you, story. I, there was I a can guy verify at the gym. you haven't 100 percent just to clear that shit up. You yeah. 
have you, you've never even been around steroids the entire time and working out with you man which has been like fucking seven years now <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know like in the heat and actually that's when i was lifting our heaviest and shit when the prime i probably would be in steroids you know what i mean yeah. So, like, there's this real quick story. I was at the gym. I was fucking working out, and I do, like, the handstand push-ups and shit in between fucking doing, uh, like, uh, my shoulder presses and all that other good shit because I'm also working on uh, endurance. You know what I mean? I want to fucking be able to pop, pop yeah, That's what bags. I forgot. The other things I'm working on the side, just because I want you to consider this, too, anything I want to do, and I've been working at steady and good progress. I want to do it, be able to do a one-arm chin-up on the, the rings yeah, and uh, do, do freestanding handstand. Yeah, I want to do freestanding uh, handstand push-ups. I want, I'd be happy with, like, two or three. That two or three clean ones. So that just all right. But back to what you were saying. Yeah, yeah no, I could other. I could definitely help you out with that too. I'll give you some tips on those because I've been doing those a lot now. Hell but yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no. So this guy fucking at this place, I'm over here doing. He's like, man, you keep flexing on us like that, like every, all the other guys <laughs> in the gym. Tell me I'm flexing on like that. And some of them, a couple of them are much bigger than me. They're just not in the same shape that I'm in because I'm pretty fucking leaned out. And. Uh, the guy's over here, and I, he's, we were talking. He's like, oh, man, you should compete. And I was like, yeah, I'm really thinking about doing classic physique. Oh, he's like, that should be, that would be perfect. You fucking build weight for that. He goes, I'm jealous, man. I said, yeah, and, you know, I, I just can't imagine going up higher because I'm not going to take anything to start making myself look fucking ridiculous. He's like, you don't take anything? <laughs> I was like, and- what? I was like, well, I, I, he's like, what do you do? That's what he said. He goes, you don't take anything? What do you do? I said, well, I eat like a lot of fucking sweet potatoes, eat a lot of fucking chicken. <laughs> I said, I take a lot of collagen. I said, I eat, I eat fucking like turkey burger, like fucking you wouldn't believe. And uh, he's like, no, like you don't fucking take anything. I said, no, I don't take any like yeah. shit or anything. He goes, I had to take for like a year and a half to get as fucking big as I am now. Yeah, and, and that's like, hilarious like, so as that fast. is like, in I the context be- of knowing you if i was that guy i would have said the same thing and then i would have walked away from you and to my buddy i'm like that motherfucker just said he didn't take anything <laughs> why would you lie like i would be like why is he lying <laughs> no well because also he was like he he did say that though he's like man you gotta be telling the truth because you look fucking dumbfounded i'm asking you if you took steroids yeah well and that's the I other thing too i wasn't like, i was legit. like what do you mean what are you asking i eat sweet potatoes and he's like no you don't take yeah it. i've never uh i've never taken steroids either but i have i've definitely considered it when i was younger and yeah. I, I looked into it and i'm just nerdy about that i've taken way more supplements than you not that you haven't taken your fair share of supplements yeah, too yeah, but I've, like i've definitely taken more like i've just like i, I like to nerd out about that shit if uh and like i said, I'm, haven't taken them personally i never actually got into it so i'm no kind of expert at all but, like i know the basics you talk to you for five minutes about steroids you clearly have not taken a steroid no i haven't even done research on them uh, like yeah, much exactly. at all because i really do not give a fuck to know anything about them i don't need to yeah exactly it's just not relevant to what you do at all and you no, no and I, honestly like, i don't want to know like a little bit of yeah. me, like just I don't need to fucking. Well, talk and being real, man, because like I said, I, and I do, I just like to read up on that shit, and like I love to watch videos, hear about people, and there's more and more people are just transparent about what they take, and it's weird because it is still super illegal, but uh, it's another one like it's ridiculous that steroids are a felony. I think in a lot of places, just possession of steroids is a felony. That's absurd. Like it's not going to hurt anyone. <laughs> that's ridiculous. But uh, yeah, that, that's a whole nother thing. But if uh. 
Yeah, if you did look into it, I would guarantee you would look in and see the the risks and side effects and be like this. You if you actually weighed the pros and cons, you'd be like it's not worth it anyway. Yeah. But well, there's, my, there's, my thing is as as everybody just kind of heard too. Like I'm all about fucking being original, being natural. Like I just I just have that mindset of being as as in tune is, with me as possible. It, and it, absolutely, man. As much I'm very similar too, but and also, and I def I made the decision, and I'm glad I didn't take them when I was younger. It's not I don't want to engage in in steroids or anything like that. When I'm probably like 45, maybe it'd be like early 50s, I will most definitely be taking some growth hormone or test or something. 100. I mean, that that's a little different too, because you, you and know, yeah, that's a totally. And different I'm going to still want to utilize steroids. my body the best I can. You know. What yeah. I mean? At this oh. point, with both of what we were doing, and we gave a pretty good uh, little overview there of the shit we like to do and the stuff we're doing right now, I don't think it would make much sense to to take steroids. Honestly, and th- this is the reason I didn't take them. When I, I think well, honestly, for most I people, don't know how much different it would really make us because you oh, know, it, it still shocks me. You think so? Absolutely. I'm not saying it would. It wouldn't be like a night or day difference. Like a lot of people think you take steroids and look like a Mr. Olympia. No, you train like a savage for like two decades and take all the steroids and eat like 8,500 calories every single fucking day and get good <laughs> sleep. And then maybe if you have the elite of the elite genetics, you look like a fucking freakish cartoon Mr. Olympia. All right. So there's no like overnight take steroids. You just look like a fucking monster. But no, absolutely would. What uh, about the strength wise though? That's my yeah, 100%. Like, like say so if like, you were just, right now, if you were just I'm trying like to fucking... maximize your bench. Yeah. Like you could yeah. do that with steroids. Again, would it be worth, worth the side effects? I would guess knowing you it probably wouldn't be but it would get your bench up for sure like you could but like get a say boost. now like my thing is is like i'm more than content because there's guys that are like way bigger than me that aren't benching 315 well also too <laughs> like, man, as much as like and i as far as a goal and in the gym i love to chase weights and be like this it, it's a great thing to do but also like anyone paying you if you get your bench up 350 yeah no, yeah, I, I know. No, well, my no thing is, I've always, what about, I've, always, I've always liked the four, the four or five. Like I've always that's just well, yeah, and, okay. and again, it's, in, okay. as far as your, it's a great goal to have, and it's all, it's even, it's like a healthy ego boost, like a good thing all around. But like, no one's paying you for that. You're not about to go compete, and if you were, say, like you're like, I'm gonna go compete in a specifically non-tested powerlifting competition. Yes, it would make sense to take steroids, but you don't get paid shit for that. So there'd be no reason to do that. It wouldn't even be worth the cost of the steroids. There's no, like, it's not a, a there's no money in the sport. Do you, uh, yo, when you, like, when you die, like, say, we'll just go go religious for the the example. Pull up to the pearly gates, and they're like, yo, you, you didn't bench 450. You, you can't come in. <laughs> <I know. laughs> there's, there, there's no return You know what I did think all... about, though, because of this conversation a little bit that I, I have in, our head, in my head all the time, that we're talking about now is I did think about maybe uh, competing in it and seeing if I could do like the Colorado State, you know what I mean? Yeah, and that's for yeah. 200 pounds because I looked it up. It's only like 360 or something. I can fucking easily beat that. Yeah, and that you know, said, I know would I be could. a great kind of goal. And if you did like, again, you had a specific reason why like you had to win that competition, it would make sense to take some shit like Anavar or some shit that would really boost your strength and help again. But outside of again getting really fucking paid from it again you don't get anything from it at the end of your life you don't get anything from it now why the fuck would you do it you know what i mean the only thing it would do like i said getting 
chasing a, a nice and goal. And it sounds to me from hearing what people take uh, steroids, it sounds to me that uh, I can maintain it a lot easier. Like it, it yeah, sounds to me absolutely. like they fluctuate a lot more so than me. There, as far as practically, and there is there, this is not explaining the full picture at all because there are certain smaller changes. Like there's a debate if you've taken uh, heavy cycles, or can you ever be considering that? That's a whole other conversation. As far as practically how we're talking about it, when you stop taking the drug all those gains go away. Not overnight, but they will go away. So what it is, you have a genetic potential. And we'll just go a very specific example. You get everything perfect. Your max bench is 485, whatever. Just pull a number out. I bet you could bench 500 or whatever. We'll say 485 <laughs> on steroids. So everything is perfect still. Max, your max potential, everything lined up perfect. All the stars align. Your fucking nutrition, training, food, and everything's on point. Then you add in the perfect stack of steroids. Now your genetic potential, your strength that you can potentially put out in, in that movement is 545. You see what I'm saying? It just yeah. ups your genetic potential. When you stop taking the drugs, the potential goes right back to where it was. There's no upping that. And again, outside of there's possibilities about like growth hormone and stuff long term, possibly they get more muscle fire. But there's no if that is even true, the boost isn't significant enough to to say that. It, it, it's like a permanent change so as mm. far it, it's what you said and that i think that's what uh honestly it's what way back in the day made you never even really consider it and turned me off to the idea because i'm like wait as soon as i stop taking it not only does i i, I lose the gains that i got from the drug 100%. you got to do all this I, I shit to try that. to kick kick back your your natural hormone production to even be healthy again. I was like, there's no way that's worth it. Again, you're 45, 50 trying to live a healthy, active life. It could make sense taking like a low dose, low therapeutic dose of, of certain hormones. But at this point, it doesn't make sense to me at all. And it was exactly that. That's what really like iced it for me. I was like, I, I'd have to take this shit all the time or at least like cycle on and off all the time. Fuck that. <laughs> like, yeah. hell no. Well, yeah, no. So, when, 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 see, I actually got it firsthand when, uh, when uh, my uncle and goes to the gym and I seen those guys like all boosted up on it and then so, having issues with it. So I agree. We can officially say, man, GMV is, uh, is, is PED free, not, not drug free, <laughs> not, not, not drug not free drug at all. Free. <laughs> Performance enhancers. None of them. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely not drug free. That's yeah. all. That's all. Oh, damn. I have more stuff I want to talk about on that, too. But save it for a future one, man. That's a, a perfect place to wrap. So, yeah, we'll we'll cut this one here, man. We, we went on a lot of stuff. And, yeah, still still plenty more to talk about for sure. We'll, we'll, we'll be back again soon. If anyone made it this fucking far and <laughs> listened to this whole thing, man, <laughs> thank, thank you. Like, that's all I have to say. Like, who the fuck you are, but thank you. <laughs> yeah, like, seriously. Like, I, I don't know what like, the fuck <laughs> we even talked about. Deeply, deeply appreciate you. For real. <laughs> like, I mean, if you guys fucking like it, let us know. We'll even try fucking, like, maybe maybe lining some sort of fucking organization with it at some point up, if that's what, you know, sounds better. But us ranting on sounds good to you. Let's do it. Yeah, we're yeah we're feeling good on it now. And it, it honestly it just feels good to be back doing this shit again, man. It's fun. So it does. We'll be, be cruising. We probably will be. And I was joking about it before. We'll be back. We'll be mostly be pretty short ones, 30, 30, 45 minutes. You just get in, getting quick episodes when we can. We both stay relatively busy, 
and yeah we'll just we'll go go from there man see when we get back to it so green mountain views instagram anyone has anything they would want to hit us up about that would be the best way for sure it's uh gmv anywhere you can get podcasts so shit, it's like the easiest name ever to search for i like that it finally switched over on itunes so yeah gmv anywhere and on that we out check it out peace